Welcome to Improbable Walks, the podcast that brings you to the streets of Paris, wherever you are. My name is Lisa Passold, and I'm a writer and traveler who loves to walk in the city of light. Every episode, we step into history by strolling down a different block of the city, exploring buildings and people of the past and of the present. If you're a regular listener, thank you for your time. And if you're just discovering the podcast, please check out my website, lisapassold.com, for previous streets and for more information about all the places I talk about. You can also support me by donating the price of a coffee to this series by visiting my Patreon page, patreon.com slash lisapassold. So let's step into history together. And today it's an especially perfumed theatrical history indeed. We're stepping off the busy Rue Aubert around the corner from the centrally located Opéra Garnier and we're going to discover the Place Édouard Set. We're beginning on the small Rue Boudreau, which is the entrance to a network of protected courtyards and theater entrances snaking towards the busy Boulevard des Capucines. The first building you'll notice is the Fragonard Perfume Museum, currently closed but due to reopen soon. Check their website for details. I mostly associate the name Fragonard with painting. Some of you might have seen some Fragonard work in the Louvre. He was an 18th century painter who focused on pastel frocked court ladies in formal pastoral scenes. But the Fragonard perfumer is more recent. In 1926, in the famous southern perfume town of Grasse, in the south of France, a man named Eugène Fuchs opened a new perfume company. He named the business in honor of his favorite painter, Fragonard, because the 18th century Rococo painter was originally from the town of Grasse. In fact, the painter Fragonard was the son of a perfumier and glove maker before he left the South. Fragonard went to Paris and became a painting sensation at the luxury-loving court of King Louis XV. Today, the Fragonard perfume house, named in honor of the painter, continues to make perfume nearly a hundred years later. There's a large museum in the south of France at the perfume factory, and this Paris Fragonard branch is a fairly recent collection, renovated just a few years back and dedicated logically enough to the history of perfume. Let's walk around the western side of the museum. Our goal today is to explore the hidden pedestrian Edward VII place. That is, a place named for the British King Edward VII, Edouard Set. Bertie was his nickname, and Bertie loved exactly the sort of sensual delights that Fragonard was famous for painting. Born in 1841, Albert Edward, known as Bertie, was the eldest son of Queen Victoria and her beloved Prince Albert. Bertie was, in fact, related to most aristocrats across Europe, and he first visited Paris with his mother in 1855 as part of the royal entourage, visiting Emperor Napoleon III and Empress Eugénie. 
Bertie was all of 13 years old, and the court ladies of the Empress made a strong impression on the young teenager. So much so that Bertie apparently told Napoleon III he wanted to be his son and stay in Paris. I can imagine that went over really well with Queen Victoria. At the age of 20, Bertie returned to the City of Light and took to Parisian nightlife like a duck to water. His idol, Emperor Napoleon III, loved the ladies and kept several mistresses. He loved the theater and went to the opera often. So Bertie modeled himself on this example, taking full advantage of everything Paris had to offer. As we come around the perfumer Fragonard's History Museum, the first square we come to on this route is the pretty, vaguely oval-shaped Square de l'Opéra Louis Jouvet. This is basically the entrance for a small, beautiful, Art Nouveau curved glass French door that leads to the Athénée Theatre Louis Jouvet. It's a fairly small theater facade, quite narrow, but the Athenée is gorgeous. It was built in 1896. The front of the theater is elegant with a beautiful balcony off the first floor. In fact, it's so pretty, I've been tempted to take up smoking just so I could stand there at intermission, smoke and look down into the square, pretending to be Sarah Bernhardt, the great Belikpuk actress. Anyhow, the Athenae Theatre is a gorgeous Italian style, gold fixtures, red velvet seats kind of theatre. It's been restored fairly recently and the acoustics are lovely. The program generally includes a lot of eclectic music these days. But it originally became famous for theatre. And it's named for French actor Louis Jouvet, who ran this theatre for 20 years until he died suddenly here in 1951. If you remember the villain in the animated movie Ratatouille, the evil food critic Anton Ego, whose heart turns out to be in the right place, in fact was based on the appearance of actor and theater director Louis Jouvet. If we turn away from Jouvet's theater and look south towards the center of the square, we're looking straight at a rather over-the-top sculpture from 1897 created by Alexandre Falguière. The sculpture is a naked poet riding Pegasus. Trust me, it's better than it sounds. Let's stroll past Pegasus. There's a decent cafe here if you need a pause, but I recommend we keep walking through the open portico with pillars. And then with a slight bend to the east, the alley takes us directly into the square dedicated to Edward VII. The first thing you'll notice is the big statue of Bertie. We're looking at the horse's butt. It's an okay statue, but really, if it was to be truly appropriate for Bertie, it ought to be much more modern looking. During the Belle Époque, Bertie was the man who made the smoking jacket fashionable because Bertie loved a good cigar. And like many of his gentleman friends, when smoking, he would put on a velvet jacket over his evening clothes so he wouldn't stink of cigars. Gradually, Bertie wore increasingly well-designed jackets. So he began to wear his elegant smoking jackets out all evening when he was visiting friends and ladies of the night in Paris. Gradually, this became fashionable. 
It has to be said, Bertie not only loved cigars, he loved ladies who smoked cigars. So it made sense that he'd wear his smoking jacket as much as he could. This is probably why the tuxedo is called le smokin in French. Le smokin is the tux that has a short jacket, not tails, worn in the evening. So the next time you see a picture of a celebrity going to an awards ceremony in a black tuxedo, think of Bertie smoking a cigar, enjoying himself in Paris long before he became king. The statue here in the place dedicated to Bertie is very serious. The man is on horseback, wearing a kingly uniform and a really unfortunate plumed hat helmet affair. This statue is Bertie as he was when he became king in 1901, when his mother, Queen Victoria, died. Bertie, circa 1901, was portly and unhealthy. He only lived until 1910. As King Edward VII, he isn't remembered with much fondness, but there's a fair argument to be made that had he lived, Bertie might have helped stop World War I. Bertie was related to crazy German Kaiser William II, and though William hated most politicians of the era, he liked Bertie. What's more, Bertie knew and got along with almost every other European player at the time. So it's unfortunate for everyone that Bertie died in 1910, and then chaos ensued. But for the purposes of this walk, let's stay in the Belle Epoque for a little while longer. Let's imagine Bertie is still having a wonderful time hanging out in the beautiful party evenings of the City of Light. His statue is set here in front of another theater very appropriately. During the Belle Epoque, theaters were the Tinder equivalent of the era. Instead of going to a nightclub or a bar, a gentleman went to see a show. Theaters like the Théâtre de l'Odéon were famous for having huge dressing rooms, so gents could hang out in them with the girls and set up dates for after the show. Actresses were constantly looking for novelty to keep themselves famous and in the news, which is why the very famous and very talented actress, Sarah Bernhardt, put out the rumor that she slept in a silk-lined coffin. Celebrity and publicity hasn't changed much in a hundred years. I like to imagine Sarah Bernhardt would be the queen of Instagram today. There's an interesting book about this, actually. Look up The Drama of Celebrity by Columbia author Sharon Marcus. For those of you who don't know the name Sarah Bernhardt, you are missing out. The divine Sarah was the most talented actress of her generation. She fought the usual sexism of the profession and dealt with anti-Semitism and jealousy throughout her life but she played every great role in the French canon and was equally famous for her portrayal of Shakespeare heroes and heroines, especially Hamlet. Sarah Bernhardt toured the world from St. Petersburg to Texas to South America, and her love life was complicated. In her early years, one of her lovers, politician Charles de Remusat, complained that he sometimes had to wait in an anteroom while another, younger lover left her apartment. In 1874, when she was 30 years old, she was put on the official police register of courtesans. This was a vengeful act from one of her unhappy, rejected lovers, because really, at the time, Sarah Bernhardt was starring in the Comédie Française presentation of Racine's classic tragedy. Sarah knew how to work with her infamy. 
Her mother had been a cocotte after all, and Sarah knew that she had to keep close control over her own career and what was said in the press about her. She managed to maneuver all kinds of good publicity by using her questionable reputation. During her hit show, Fedora, showing in the Théâtre du Vaudeville a few blocks from where we're now standing, well, during Fedora, gents would be allowed to participate as a corpse for one evening. Because at the end of a scene in Fedora, Sarah appears weeping at the deathbed of a murdered prince. So it was the done thing if you were a gentleman out on the town. You would get yourself this gig lying in the coffin as a dead prince so Sarah could weep over you in public. It was a lark, one night only. So the prince Bertie, of course, did that along with everyone else. When Bertie was crowned king in 1901, Sarah attended the coronation along with various other famous mistresses of the prince. And Sarah stood out in shocking virginal white. Sarah Bernhardt understood the use of clothes for effect, playing up her svelte physique by dressing as a man some of the time. She wore overalls to paint and sculpt in. She was not, in fact, a bad artist. She rejected the heavy corsets of the era and preferred clinging clothes. Her style was permanently linked with Art Nouveau because of the poster maestro, the Czech painter Alphonse Mucha. Sarah came of age in an era of dramatic speech-style theater, and she emoted with the best of them. But she changed her style with the times and as a result stayed popular. She went to the front during World War I performing for the soldiers. By then, she had had a leg amputated and genuinely performed sitting down in a chair reciting her greatest monologues. The soldiers called her Mère Lachaise, Mother Chair, but they loved her. She was a superstar. And although she was a grand theater actress, she went into movies as soon as that was possible. She learned through doing. Today, you can watch her progression from her earliest movies, where honestly, she's kind of terrible because the high theatrical style didn't work on camera, to her last movie roles in the early 1920s, when she's learned the art of the delicate facial expression, the loaded glance at the camera. She's in her 70s and still working at her craft. I admire her enormously. And this Place Edouard Sat makes me think of her era, the world of Bertie, Prince-in-Waiting, and the sparkling theater lights of the Paris Belle Époque. If you want to finish your walk with a show, you could pop into the theater here and have a glass of wine at the theater bar. Sometimes what's playing here is boulevard comedy. Sometimes this is the theater where some of the big French cinema stars do quite complicated theater performances. Depends on the season, and of course, all the work is in French. But if you don't speak French, you can walk to the end of this street, to the Olympia, which finishes the alleyway right on the Boulevard des Capucines. This Old nightclub, the Olympia, is known for its famous concerts. Edith Piaf has performed here. Jacques Brel has sung here. And today, modern bands play. The Olympia has a great history. In 1888, Joseph Aller, who later opened the Moulin Rouge, set up a wooden roller coaster at this address. The police closed him down due to the risk of fire. So he demolished the roller coaster and built the Olympia, which opened in 1893 with La Goulue dancing the can-can. 
You've seen paintings of La Goulou because Toulouse-Lautrec loved to paint her. The large dancing woman in his posters and paintings wildly doing the can-can, that's La Goulou. She danced here at the Olympia. So if Sarah Bernhardt is highbrow, you can catch up on your can-can lowbrow history here as well. Now, the weird fact is the painting isn't the original. It looks like the original, but the whole building was taken apart and completely rebuilt in 1997. What was preserved is the original billiards room where Prince Bertie played billiards in Paris. The room wasn't open to the public and was only properly restored in 2019. Due to obvious COVID restrictions, it's been difficult to visit, and I haven't seen it yet. I can't wait. But if you happen to get there before me, be sure you raise a glass to Bertie's ghost and to the memory of Sarah Bernhardt and to all the performers who have rushed down these interlocking small streets going into the Entrée des Artistes, the artist doors to the theaters, going to work creating and performing and dreaming. If you enjoyed this improbable walk, please subscribe to the podcast. If you'd like to support me in my walks through Paris and encourage me to bring you more history via these free podcasts, please check out patreon.com slash Lisa Passold. You too could become an improbable walks Patreon. A thousand thanks and a tip of my Sarah Bernhardt style feathered fan to people who have sponsored me recently. Thank you. I am truly grateful. For photos and details about today's walk, please visit my website, lisapassel.com. Thank you for listening and for stepping into history with me. Until next time, we go strolling into Paris together. <laughs>